0: Coming from the Rooker End, uh, you join us at the beginning of December, the fifth of December, two nights after Burnley nil, Watford nil. My name is John. Uh, with me as ever is Mike. Oh,
1: hello.
0: <laughs> um, unfortunately, Jason isn't here. Well, it's kind of fortunate because uh, Jason
1: had a, a little baby boy, a brand yes. new hornet. Yeah, puts a bit of perspective on, on life. Congratulations to uh, to Jason.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a slightly shorter uh, podcast. So we're going to do a, a bit of a, a bigger. Uh, was the bangy one uh, on the 21st of December when we we're going to go away to Ipswich to sort of keep us going. Uh, this is here and to help us out, what well is not here is uh, Tom Bodell from uh, from Vital Watford uh, website. Hi, Tom. Hello. Good evening, chaps. Right, we're going to talk about the last month, which hasn't been Do We can't have, have to go through it. I don't, I don't don't to it. I don't want to. I don't want it. So the whole thing, yeah, you know, it's, it's cathartic to get get through it. Okay. Um, we're going to have a chat also um, we, but, but, to ha- but to help us we've got a, we've got a, a, a nice cheerful song Always based helps. on a non- Monty Python uh, skit uh, plus we've got a chat about the new Watford book that's out just after for Christmas Tales from the Vicarage 2 but hopefully by the end of the podcast everything will be rosy and happy yes Mike? absolutely no chance a podcast made by Watford fans and for Watford fans from the Rookery end. The, the recent run, as we all know, hasn't been great. You know, we, we drew away at Burnley the night, lost three nil at home to Yeovil, lost against Bolton one nil, drew, almost won away at Middlesbrough, uh, and of course that three nil home defeat against Leicester. It's, it's it's been pretty poor, in fact, so poor, Mike we uh, we haven't won a game for over 2 months. Last win was 2-1 away at Huddersfield on the 5th of October.
1: And now it's the 5th of December. Yes. It's a long time to go without, I a mean. A, yes. a man cannot live on nil-nil draws alone. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been pretty it's been really really sticky, hasn't it? It's been it's been quite unpalatable and I think the thing that's worried me the most about the about the recent run is that I don't I don't think that even in the early part of the season when we were winning games apparently quite comfortable, you know, we beat Bournemouth 6 and we put by far form Barsley, without them necessarily being amazing performances. Um, I was at Reading, the Reading game, which was exciting obviously because it was 3 all last minute equaliser, blah blah blah, and the thing that I enjoyed was that Watford weren't playing well, but you always felt that they were in a game, you always felt they had the squad and the, and the players to, to do something to either catch a uh, draw or to go on and get a win. And I thought, it's only a matter of time before this team clicks and we go on and, and really start doing things, but the real worry for me is that we've just gone backwards, and when we should be getting incrementally better, you know, finding our feet, getting used to the team, everyone getting used to each other, and it's really starting to fire, we're actually it feels like we're going backwards. And the, the most concerning thing of all was game after game we're not making, we weren't making progress. The derby game really sort of rammed it home to everyone: mistakes will cost us. I don't think you'll ever see three goals that which come so directly from errors as, yeah, as did that day that, that and yeah. so I think yeah, I'm, so so I'm on one here John so right. and I thought right you need to train on that we need to get on the training ground and Zola needs to bang that out for them they need to not make mistakes but the month has been littered with them still and that, uh, that has been our downfall, I think. And that's been the most depressing thing, is, 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 go- is going backwards, we're not seeing improvement, and we're not seeing, we're not ironing out those errors, which, are, which have cost us so dearly.
0: But you were, it's interesting, you say that Derby game was one where you sort of get, it, it, you know, said to yourself, this is going wrong. I actually did maybe it's me sort of trying to hide away from the bad things in the world. But it wasn't until that Yeovil 3-0, you know, less than a week ago, where I actually went, God, this is bad. This isn't good. Tom?
2: I think the the mistakes have been pretty... I mean, all goals are mistakes, I think, first and foremost. That's Mm. worth saying. But, and I'm no tactical mastermind. I I sit in the lower house, and I think to myself sometimes... How people seen after the game, they say things. And hmm. I think, oh, you know, I never saw that. The, the one that stuck out for me is going um, complete tangent, but the one that stuck out for me last year was the 2 winner at home Birmingham. Mark Yates assist for Vidra's goal, and I done the play ratings afterwards, and I said Yates, you know, a bit of a non-entity, and then I got a barrage of people saying, you know, great assist, how can you have missed that? And fair enough, and I miss a lot of things, but the goals that we've been shipping in recent weeks, I don't think you have to have. You've only got to have a fairly rudimentary grasp of football and defensive. Uh, strategies etc, in particular to notice that these are terrible goals to be conceding. The Bolton ones, as Mike pointed out, the Leicester ones in themselves, there were you know individual errors at the heart of those. The Middlesbrough equaliser, you know, Gabriele N'Gueda, Chip, doesn't come off, we can see from the set piece. And the goals on Saturday against uh, Yeovil, you could see where they were coming from. At the time you could almost see what was going to happen, uh, and fast forward as it were and these, these are the issues that I think need to be looked at, if we take those out of the games, and it's all hypothetical, if we take those out of the games, then perhaps we wouldn't be losing the games that we have been losing. We might only be drawing, because we're not scoring the goals we were at the beginning of the year. Season, I should say, but certainly you know the base to build on is clean sheets, and well, we've not been doing that. Well, Jason
0: uh, can't be here with us in the pub, but he, uh, he left me an Arts yeah. message earlier. where he talked about how maybe the, the change of formation we saw against Burnley might be a step forward.
3: Welcome to Orange Answer Phone. You have new messages. I feel a bit full actually, due to the arrival of my newborn son. I actually not to get to any of the games over the past month, but uh, what the hell if? Uh, we didn't have any of the armchair fans giving their uh, opinions from a file on various contexts of social media, and um, so it would be quite boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> Last time I put forward my ideas of a four-three-three. Of a now I was a bit worried earlier in the month. We were in the middle of this this run, and Jan Franco came out and said that he didn't drink the tactics was a problem, and that worry me a little. But it seems he's gone. He's uh, changed his mind. And on Tuesday night, we score and deploy a 4-5-1 formation, trying something different. I About Football. May, I was, I was pretty sure in my head that was a problem, and our bad form down to the fact that teams have worked us out. They know where we're going to play. Without a Vigre-type player up front, we've got no strikers playing on the shoulder of the last defender. We've got players like Forestieri and Deeney who are very different in terms of the way they play strikers but both want the ball feet um or is back to goal. And that means we're not stretching the strikers. We're not going wide early. So we're playing the ball up the middle. Those areas are getting very congested. The opposing teams are packing out the middle of the, of the park and we're not looking to get it wide until it's gone up the middle first. Then when the football backs are making those runs out wide, we then see that as soon as we lose the ball, the opposition are exploiting that space and trying to get in behind and getting the ball out wide. So with the four five one, then, I think that the Zola's deploying, hopefully that will address that. It means we've got wide players both at the back and in the midfield and we're packing out on the field as well. The only worrying thing for me was from the sound of it on, on Tuesday night that Burnley was still able to get the ball out wide and getting good crosses in and that seems to be where they were are most dangerous from. Of course, we've only tried it for one game, so there's a, a long way to go yet. I am pleased to see that Zola is trying something different. For quite some time, we've said, has only got a plan B. We always thought it was going to be a 4-3-3. we always said that his 4-3-3 is his favorite formation. That's how he started. When he started his Watford career, it didn't quite work for him. So he's trying something else. Like maybe even a plan C that we're going to see over here over the coming days. Some fans might see that as being a bit me because there's only one player up front. Not necessarily. We saw this formation against Burnley, but he was allowing two of the three central midfielders to, to push forward uh, and support the attack. And I'm talking about, yes, maybe the negativity of only having one up front. But let's not forget, the world champions at Spain, they play in that way. Of now, of course, we're not Spain. We haven't got the world-class midfielders that, that Spain have got. But then we're not having to play Holland and Germany and Argentina to win the World Cup. And we have got an abundance of midfield players. We've got various options there. And we know what a lot of them are capable of. And they're capable of good things. So getting out these, missing in big time. Hopefully he'll be back soon. They're talking him starting training uh, imminently. But if he can come back, we know how well he drives the play forward. And I think... We get in that attacking midfield role along with McGugan if he can apply himself for ninety minutes. Deeney playing up front, holding the ball up, then uh, yeah, I think that could work well. Is
0: this change of formation going to be the change of formation going
1: to be the starting point? Well, I think. regardless of the change in formation we've had a change in, um, in fortunes we've, had a, we've got a point from that, <laughs> from that sort of change in, in formation so I think that's got to go down as, as a successful evening Tuesday night away at Burnley I, I don't care if we've won 10 in a row or lost 10 in a row getting a point away at Burnley on a Tuesday night is, is a decent result I think in the context of our season it wasn't only decent, but, but was absolutely necessary. Um, and I, I wasn't at the grave. Um, congratulations to the 273 Watford fans who were. Um, well, I don't know if congratulations <laughs> is the right word, but uh, get yourself checked out at the, uh, the Melbourne. But, but um, I, think, I think a lot of people were clamouring for, for a change in, in formation, and, and lo and behold, it, it came to pass with that with that four five one. And it, initially you think, well... It sounds a little bit negative, really, with um, with uh, with one up front, and as it proved to be the case, I don't think we really carved out many chances. We didn't score again. We stopped. We didn't concede, but we didn't score. So I, th- I think the best that can be said for Tuesday night is it stopped the rot, and we now need to build. Um, and yeah, I think changes do need to be made. But I think the th- the thing that Jase um, mentioned that struck me the most was. I mentioned our attacking failings, and I think we've just been trying to plough the same furrow, going through the middle, through the middle, through the middle, and we've ended Where up... Which are going? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've, ended, we've ended up looking pretty witless, really, um, and we need to start getting a bit of wit. Um, into our game and I think we need to do something to change the way we're playing so that the obvious thing is a change in formation a change in sort of approach um, and, and, and let's see what happens what I would say is that people have also been talking about this week more than ever we, we, there's been Comparisons with Sean Dyche mm. and should we have got rid of him? You know, he's got burning t- I'm not going to get involved in that because I don't that, that's a complete non-starter for discussion. But what I do know about Sean Deich and, and Malky Mackay before him was they had much less talented squads and much tighter constrictions they were working under, restrictions. But they made sure they squeezed every possible thing out of what they had, whether that was the, the players they had at, at their disposal or whether it's information uh, about the opposition. Whether it's training, whether it's working on set pieces, and I think what the slight alarm bells I mentioned before, before we heard from Jace about um, um, about learning from our mistakes, we need to be learning from our mistakes and doing our homework on the opposition. You know, um, continuing. Sure, we do.
0: Well, <laughs> do we though?
1: <laughs> I'm sure they do. Well, do we? The proof of the pudding is in the eating, and the pudding has been tasting utterly mean oh. recently. You know, Yeovil scored. Not many goals this season. Most of them have come from set pieces. Where did their first goal come from? Uh, was it a set yeah, piece? Yeah. 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 Exactly. And, you know, mm. fair, you know, Open are trying to do the same thing as us. We've got no divine right to beat the championship football club. We're a championship football club. Losing an individual game is no, no disaster. Losing to the bottom club is, is poor. And yeah. losing 3-0 is poor. And conceding a goal, um, which is pretty much telegraphed, um, from the, for the whole of the season it's, it's, it's poor so that, that's the thing that worries me a little bit it's just are we making the most of, of what we've got behind the scenes
0: um, maybe but I like the fact that you know we are one thing that we are getting back as we are getting back is Niwan Nosworthy Tom it's nice to play like him
2: Yes, I think for all, and I'm a big fan of Vangela, for all his ability, there are certain things, and this is going to probably sound terribly xenophobic, but there are certain qualities that uh, British defenders or defenders that have played in England for a large portion of their careers are renowned for, and I think Nosworthy is someone who certainly fits that uh, stereotype, if you like, of being a big, strong, put your head on it. Kind of defender and brilliant as Angela is, as I say, there are some. Uh to, you know weaknesses in his game, and Nosworthy perhaps compliments the person, the defender next to him in that respect quite nicely. I think
1: that stuff sort kind of says where we are, though, Tom. Because I remember when we spoke to um, we spoke to Marco Cassetti, and I asked him, you know, what's the best thing about being a defender? Is it you know is that last dip, dip to tackle? Mm. Is it clearing on off the line with your head? And he said, no, it's it's starting a move, it's contributing to a goal.
2: Mm.
1: And I think that you know that was so refreshing. That was amazing to hear as a Watford supporter. That that's the way we are now playing football. Our defenders aren't worried about, and of course they're worried about it, but their their target isn't to stop goals. Of course, it's their target to stop goals. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: not their sole target yeah. or aim in life.
1: You know, they want to be part of goals. That's 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 you know, that's that's what really floats their boat. And it, it, was, it was such a joy to hear that. And it was and I and I sort of chastised myself a little bit for being, you know, what an English football supporter thing to say. You know, you <laughs> it, it amazing, you know, crunching some you know Ronaldo or something like that. Of course it isn't. It's it's set in a flowing move game and at the time yeah of course that's the Watford That's, that's Watford now that's us and isn't it fantastic and it just felt so exciting it was it was it was brilliant to hear and now of course one sticky run later and we're sort of we're going back to those tried and tested methods and I know exactly what you mean I was, I was more than happy to see Nara Nosworthy take the field um, again. it was Bolton who came back in uh, yeah. before wasn't he yeah. and it is, he's a reassuring presence because we know him and we understand him and we know that if in doubt he is going to put it out yeah. and if the Eastland hadn't been knocked down already he will you know, <laughs> <laughs> he put an opposing striker into that um, but I think it's a shame I think it's a shame that we're sort of going back to to you know, less. I mean, we have to. We have to because we need to stop the rot, um, and we have to reassess where we are, and we need to make things work again. But I can't help just thinking, just hearing you talk. Then it's just that I just feel. A bit sad and a bit disappointed that it hasn't sort of we haven't gone on like I hope we were, and we're having to, to to resort back to sort of big tough defenders instead of ball playing defenders. And that's no by no means a criticism of Nosworthy. And like I said, I'd be more than happy to see him in style again. Um, but I think again, it's just an indication of where we're at compared to where we were at. And we'll, we'll get it back again, but that sort of just reaffirms where we where we are. Yeah, I must, that's a good point. I must admit, I hadn't thought of it like that. Um,
2: it, as much as it is good to see him back and I would counter with the, with the three at the back obviously we've changed for Burnley since then who knows if that's a long term thing or what have you but, or not but with the three at the back it does allow for one to sit in the middle and be that you know sort of the stopper the, the archetypal stopper and then the two on either side to sweep up etc start moves uh, although it would be ideal if everybody was starting moves but I think you know it might mean a reshuffle and I think that's the problem in itself Angela has been the man at the centre of the three uh, up until his injury, obviously. And if, he, if once he's fit, you're trying to sort of, you know, pigeonhole him and Nosworthy and uh, obviously who else you've got? Marco Cassetti, you've got Laurie Doyley to come back. Still, you know, we've got we're well stocked in that sense. And one of my big things that I've been sort of banging the drum about recently is Ekstrin's plays. Quite a lot of the season last year uh, as the central one, although he started off on the left or the right, he moved and made that central slot his own, albeit through necessity, the sort of injury crisis we had in the run up to the playoffs and what have you.
3: So he was imperious though, wasn't that's it yeah. he was
2: fantastic there and I thought as good as he was either side you know flanking the central uh, central, central defender he uh, was superb and I think it was there that he put that run of form together where he the Sweden call up yeah. and that was where I'd most likely sti- like to see him so yeah. there is a position for it but I'd completely say on am He he's struggled
1: no. as well extra he's one that has d- he's disappointed me a lot because I think he was my real find from last year not my find mm. uh, I'm not going to take credit for that unfortunately <laughs> But um, he was the one that really shone out for me. Is you know, he was one we didn't expect much of when we started, but it turned out oh, we've got another amazing player here. But, but he's really he's really struggled.
0: Only one you put a uh, you put question out on uh, your Twitter account at Rookie Mike to uh, so what fans? What did you ask? I asked. We've had, we're
1: going through a sticky stage, as we know, as I've gone on about quite enough. What's caused it? Number one and number two. How can we fix it? So let's see what uh, you guys said. Uh, Chubby Mead said... He said, and I like this, he said, sideways possession needs to meet direct retention for progression. Oh, nice. Which is good. Uh, Brad Simmons. Pressure from our fans. Stop abusing, start supporting. Mm, Ian Fuller. The problem is we've got a couple of bolts that need tightening. And the solution is... Tighten them, don't replace them. Very good. Uh, Patrick McNicholas. Patrick means business because he's shouting. (laughs) All capitals. No goals. Bad defending. That's the problem. the solution. New strikers shout at defenders. (laughs) A jolly P. Calls. Too predictable tactically. Answer. Sacks (sighs) over. Well, I didn't know we asked. I oh, know we asked. Uh, um, um, you deep, deep breathe at me, my boy. <laughs> Sam De Vries? Sam says uh, the problem is Abdi is injured, and the fix is Abdi's return.
0: And uh, friend of the podcast,
1: Ian Grant. Ian Grant. He says number one, the problem is wiser opponents, Apache squad, and injuries. And according to Ian, the solution is clean sheets. Not much in life, clean sheet can't <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans.
1: This is from the referee end. I'm going to be honest. I found it tough over the last over the last month. It's been poor fare. It's been hard to watch. The results haven't been great, and a lot of soul searching. Someone who has remained unstintingly positive, unswervingly positive, even more so than our very own John, is <laughs> Tom from Vital Watford. And Tom, you were almost a lone voice on social media at the weekend after the Yobel game, sticking up for Watford, um, saying be positive. Why should we be staying positive?
2: But yes, as you said, a lone voice, and I'm probably alone in what I'm about to say, which is, last season was fantastic, there's no doubting that, and the general consensus, and I've got picks on for this as well, saying that the general consensus was, last season was one of, if not the most exciting season to be a Watford fan in terms of the football put on offer by Gianfranco and the players. and I'm sure I'm not going to find any disagreement
1: on you two in that regard. Well, but, I will say, that was last year. Yes. We're talking now after four home defeats in a row, uh, one point, two points out of a possible Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, people are starting to ask for ask. You know, is Doda the man? Uh, can you defend? Uh, can you defend the manager in the face of this sort of form
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, from last season, we started off with this kind of ragtag band of lonies, and I think we were all very uncertain about what the future held in that regard. There was still Christy Ullumo's Craig Forsyth knocking around guys that had been signed by the previous regime and they were very good at what they did but they had limitations and in the side that we were creating they perhaps didn't have a massive role to play but somehow he took that group and let's also just quickly not forget that the signings are made by Gianluca Nani there's obviously a degree of uh, discussion and I think I read something recently where he said that they all have to agree before anyone is signed but they're still it's not Zola doesn't have complete autonomy on that No, no, I think that's a very good point. So he has to mould this group together, and he does. And he made a fantastic team, and they kicked on They they're Brilliant. And as you rightly said, that was last season. And I was about to say that again, (laughs) John. But it was the fact that he did that last season that makes me think he can... Do something similar this season. As you both and um, Jace as well have mentioned uh, in a previous talk, this is still quite a new group of players in a lot of ways. The sides, I think you read out from the playoff final and the side that played the most recent game at that point, there was you know, kind of five or six changes. And they were big changes, there's no getting away from that. So I think there needs to be a degree of breathing space in that respect. I think I have faith in Zola uh, continuing the good work from last season in moulding what he's been given to play with into something that uh, can win football matches ultimately. And I also think, and this is what I was alluding to to begin with, in in as much as me being a lone voice, we did brilliantly last season, therefore in my opinion, and maybe that I'm... Old fashioned, despite being 21, and maybe I'm lacking ambition, but he has earned the right to cock this season up. <laughs> and if that means we finish 21st and we're in May and we are 21st after 46 games, then fine, that has met no one's expectations. He goes his contrast up, but let's at least give him that opportunity. It's a 46 game season, we are seven I think 18 now after the game. At Burnley on Tuesday, we are 18 games into the season. That is quite a lot to play. 28 to play, a lot of points available, and we see year in, year out, the team that comes steaming into the playoffs, steaming into the top six, or top two for that matter, is the one that quite often does well because they have the momentum,
0: and that should not be forgotten. Are Tom's, Mike, are Tom's expectations off?
1: Well, I think, I think Tom's expectations are, are very, very reasonable, and probably more reasonable um, then he probably actually has a right to, to expect I'm talking about you I mean, as if you're not here to <laughs> you're, you're asked of it but I, I think people are getting their knickers in a twist and it's not, it's not hard to see why because the reasons we've discussed we're playing pretty bad football and we're losing a lot of games um, now expectation is a big watchword around Watford at the moment it's something that we identified at the start of the season alongside the loss of a couple of key players in, uh, in Chalabra and Ridra expectation was always going to be um something that we had to overcome and we're struggling and I think that's why you're hearing such a sort of such polarized opinion such a variety of people with with views on what's going wrong we heard those tweets there a lot of lot of reasons what's going wrong not suggestions for, for solutions but I think as supporters we all put a hand on our hearts say we did expect big things from the season um, and as Tom alluded to, three times, Gary. last year was very good, he had to hat ball on the, on the first appearance, <laughs> well done Tom. <laughs> Nothing like banging the same old drum. Um, we all started this season hoping for big things, we, we added, to, added to the squad and, you know, it looked on paper like a fantastic side and aside from all that the Potsdos are not here to own a championship football club No, they are here to take us into the Premier League so I think those supporters and I count myself among them who are now and I'll be honest expecting a degree of success and quite quickly we're only aligning our expectations with those of the, of the owners now what I think we all need to do is remember that that journey is going to be tricky. Mm. Things are very, very rarely in football go to plan. Even if you're chucking billions of pounds at it. Man City, it took them a a while. They want to crack Europe. They're looking like they might be able to do it now. Chelsea, it took them all the money in the world, almost, um, to to win a Champions League. So, things don't happen overnight. And Watford are new to the expectation game. Yeah. it, 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 has ne- it hasn't been like this for, for a generation at least um, and it's the first time where we're expecting it before it's happened under Graham Taylor it sort of it happened and it sort of snowballed and people were along for the ride and enjoyed it while it lasted and there did become a period where people expected us to stay in Division 1 and that's when it started to fall, fall, fall apart a bit crowd started to, the crowd started to, to, to drop Graham Taylor famously mentions the, the cup semi-final against Tottenham where we, we actually lost the game four one and when Eddie Pumley uh, Gary Plumley was in goal. Might have been better off with Eddie in goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we didn't sell out our allocation. And Graham Taylor stopped and he and he asked himself at that point, What you know, what more can we do at this football club if, if the fans aren't coming when we're achieving this and that that's when ultimately he 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 said that made it quite easy for him to him to leave. So expectation and, and complacency is a very is a dangerous thing and they they're not necessarily good um, but
0: that's, that's bedf- bedfellows. But a happy Watford, a happy football fan, is one who balances those two.
1: Yeah, but but it's difficult to do, John. I mm. I've got every sympathy with every football fan, every Watford fan who ranted and raved after after Saturday. That's not great, losing at home to the, to the bottom side, and align that with with where we really should be with this squad of players, with this with this manager, and with this structure in place. It, you know, it's not acceptable. So. I'm I'm struggling personally to sort of get myself into a position where I'm I'm, I'm happy because (coughs) while I I do agree, I'm sort of joking a little bit with Tom's Tom's defence there, I do agree that Zola should be given time, Um, I think he can turn it round, he has got vast experience in the game, he's played sort of at the top level, he's a winner basically, which is the most important thing and those players are too, they won't be enjoying it one little bit, not not turning performances. But watching it, sort of, it's just a mess at the moment. And that's quite as someone who cares deeply about Watford and whose results affects my mood and my life more more than it should. Michael, I've seen you swear in front of your mother.
0: you Watford <laughs> are Watford putting in such a bad
1: mood. That's <laughs> horrendous behaviour. Well, I God think, believe it. Worse. I've seen <laughs> my mother swear in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, I think I think the point, the muddle. I'm making a bit of a muddle of it, but we all expect it, and we're all and we're all feeling a little bit disappointed, and we're all sort of expressing it in quite different ways at the moment. We're allowed to be disappointed and I think those who are are shouting and screaming have a a valid point because but I think there is a massive danger of a knee-jerk reaction the owners are in place they're doing their bit they're putting money they're building in these stands they're paying these guys wages you know they're not coming for for nothing so they're investing Um, Gianfranco you assume is investing Zola's investing he's working hard he wants he's going to be living and breathing this. he he won't be going home putting his feet up and watching them uh, I'm a celebrity you know, he'll be going over. He won't lose the 3 nil at home to Yeovil. This man's won, you know, he's played in, in the World Cup final. You know, he's won, won this, that and the other. He doesn't lose at home to Yeovil. So he'll be, he'll be suffering. So he'll be putting effort in. But, we're, but we need to put a bit of effort in as well. We need to expect, um, accept that as supporters, you don't just get your team turning up and winning every week. That's not how it works. So the expectations for this year?
0: Tom? What your expectations for our final league position come May?
2: My expectations are the same as everyone else's. It's what I can put up with not happening that probably differs. I expected us to be fighting for promotion as much as anyone, and I said on Twitter to people etc etc that these players are fantastic. Some of them are patently, obviously too good for this division, and I expected us to be higher. But I can live with us finishing as low as 12th and I would only sort of start questioning Zola's position at that point right. I'll tell you now, if, if we finish 12th, Zola will be sacked Yes, no, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I would expect him to be sacked but I could personally, if it was me pulling the strings if it was me in the Potos place, or Nani or street I would be thinking, right, we need to have a great start next season yeah. to justify yeah.
0: this but I wouldn't have gotten it yeah. The Potsos would expect him right. to go if we don't it Mike, what's your
1: expectation? I expect us to be in the promotion shake-up. I haven't given up on going up automatically because I think this team is so full of quality. There's magic there, um, and we're making a potion, and it just seems like we're getting all the bits off the wrong shelves at the wrong time at the moment and and just not quite getting it right. When it does go right, I'm convinced that that things will start to, to go well, and... I think Jason mentioned in his little bit about getting the defence sorted. We can get that defensive unit sorted, uh, and Ian Grant mentioned it in in his tweet to us, if we can start keeping clean sheets then we'll get a bit of confidence in the midfield, and the midfield will start ticking over, especially if we have got Abdi coming back. He was, he was mentioned uh, almost in every other tweet about what's wrong, what's the solution. I'd, you know, if I had a quid for the amount of people said Abdi being missing is the problem, Abdi coming back is the solution, um, then I'd be a, a, a rich man. I'd have bought the drinks as opposed to making poor Tom do. <coughs> um, so no pressure coming back, Alman, this weekend against uh, Leeds, we're here. Um, but... Um, my expectations? Yeah. I, ex- I expect to be up there. What I was saying is, we've got this magic in this team, and it can come together.
0: Magic, Mike? Yeah. It's December. Christmas is coming. Christmas is a magical time. Mm. Who comes out of this box in December? Uh, my little...
1: Oh, yes! Xavier, Xavier, <laughs> the snowman! <laughs> Xavier, the lucky Christmas snowman! That's what we've been crying out for. Well, actually, we had this, we were having a conversation, weren't we, about what could have caused this horrendous slump. Now... East End. East End coming down. Anything else?
0: The kitchen. And his hair was too long to have to shave it off.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the thing that's changed, doesn't it? But what
0: will definitely turn around 100% for a massive run is when Jason gets his wooden Watford snowman made by his mum, I believe, with his dad. Xavier, named after.
1: Xavier eh? Graveler. <laughs> He the enigmatic French uh, midfielder who graced us with his ghost-like presents for uh, a couple of games in the Premier League season. Uh, he will be out of his box celebrating Christmas. And if, I, if we don't and win th- games over Christmas then I'll be going out of my box. <laughs>
2: <laughs> From the rookery end!
0: It's Christmas this time. Apparently we have to put books on it. Well... Since we're adult men, we have to put more than just uh, what we see at the back of the Argus catalogue.
1: I'd love a PS4. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. See, I got a Wii a
0: few years ago, I've never played it. Uh, can I have that then? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I might play it, but anyway. Uh, Watford fans, what are we going to put on, on it? last few years, Lana Burney has um, have been publishing books about Watford. Made it easier for at least one more thing. It means our nagging mothers asking what we want, and meaning we don't have to have a pair of socks. He's given us help. Volume uh, 2 of his Tales from the Vicarage uh, is out. So when I say his, it's sort of a collective, the, uh, the Tales from the Vicarage. The uh, first book came out last year. It was it was fantastic. Um, Tom, you got to read it. What did you do? Uh,
2: fantastic read. Um, every chapter was brilliant. Uh, there were some really good... Sort of a variation, I think. Yeah. Of the key word, isn't there, from the the fiction elements to the interviews to the factual uh, recounts. And someone like me, only being 21, well, I don't have a great experience of supporting Watford over the years and through some of the less uh, auspicious times that perhaps you two have had the pleasure of supporting us through. So you know, it's good from that point of view to sort of
1: catch up with what's gone before.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a really good thing. The the, the new book's out and uh, has many authors, does it not, Mike?
1: I, yeah. What I was going to say was I've written a chapter. Yes. So, um, which is good, yeah, really exciting. It was a a pleasure to... I pleasure to take part in. A lot of hard work went into it um, and hopefully people enjoy reading it. Your chapter is about loans. Yes, it has to be. Yeah, Basically I look back on, um, well, charting the history of Watford's loans and starting off with the very, very first one um, all the way through to the modern day. And it's, it's a really interesting um, process. Really the research sort of showed a real obvious trend in how not just Watford but football in, 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 in general has used the loan system. It started off an absolute trickle, you know, one every Sort of five, six, ten years. Um, to obviously Watford was slightly different last year, and there was a, an absolute deluge. But not just um, a change in the in the number of loans that, that, uh, that are being utilised by football clubs, but the type as well. You know, the, there was a stage where perhaps it was the old, older older football at the end of the career who'd be brought in for a bit of experience, and and that seems to have turned on its head recently. So yes, yeah, hugely interesting and um, a really good opportunity to look back through Watford's history and find out some, uh, some things that I didn't ordinarily didn't know before and uh, got to speak to some um, interesting people along the way as well, so um, you'll, uh, yeah, you'll read about all that in the book. Do chapter 12. Chapter 12, yeah, on the Bank Or <laughs> Lloyd Doily, as I like to call it myself. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: There's are some amazing chapters. Uh, Andrew French, uh, chapter Nigel Gibbs, that his dreamed here, players he he's played with. Uh, Ian Grant. Um, I'm really, actually really looking forward to that because it is to the doldrums and back basically Watford in the 90s uh, there's also um, uh, Ian's uh, co-editor of the uh, Happy website uh, Matt Rousselin talks about the shootout at St Andrews uh, in the 99 playoff uh, semi-final yeah. um, and, but a couple I'm really looking forward to one is um, only till I die, which is Ollie Wicken's chapter about a Watford
1: fan who dies the night before the playoff final against Crystal Palace. So Ollie's is the only fictional yeah. chapter in this, as it was in the in the first one. And if you haven't um, got a copy of the first one, you can you can buy that as well at the moment. But um, just incredible stuff from from Ollie. The first one, um, I urge everyone to to, mm. to get hold of it. And even if, even if you haven't got the, the time or the energy to read the, the whole of the first book, make sure you that read that chapter money. It's, uh, it's fantastic stuff really good they, they, they,
0: some of the, there's a lot of new people uh, there's some returners since the last uh, book basically, if, if you don't know everyone writes a different chapter uh, and uh, one I'm looking forward to is reading Mike Walters called The Miracle of Sophia
1: yeah and just, just looking through the chapter list of this, uh, of this book and then thinking back about the old one it, just, it does remind you as a Watford supporter how much fun stuff has happened to what is a relatively small club isn't yeah it? So We've had Mike's chapter Which, which is about the um, About the UEFA Cup um, uh, You know Watford played in Europe Let's, let's not forget that And, uh, and Matt's chapter About, about that um, About that That playoff semi-final at Birmingham I mean people the, the Leicester game Is still pretty fresh In all our minds But But for sort of Breath holding Nail biting Sort of heart popping out Of your eyes Tension that, that Birmingham game Took some beating And will take some beating Because it's so prolonged The just the, the sense of it was almost just ongoing agony for how, well, from almost from minute one, really, in that game, when because, of course, they equalized early, and then oh, just, just talk about it now, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, th- revisiting Europe. Um, hugely, you know, it's just great to, to relive these things, and, and for a lot of people Tom, like yourself, who you said your first game was in the Premier League, there's a, there's a whole whole world of stuff that happened before um, before the, the sort of most possibly the most vociferous and most um, the biggest sort of part of our fan base were, were around, so great great to look back on that but, um, hopefully European days will be uh, just the not
0: Not that far away, for European there is um. Paolo Tomastelli, uh Italian journalist uh, and he actually his chapter is about he talked with the Pozzos and we haven't actually got to see and hear from them that much um, since they took ago so that that'd be an interesting read I think,
1: yeah, I think that, that will be hugely, hugely interesting because a lot of the talk over the last couple of, of weeks has perhaps revealed that we, we've been focused on what's been happening on the pitch which I think is, is great and there was criticism last year about what was happening in Watford and, and most of us thought well let's just let, our, let, the, let, the, let the players do the talk and see how we get on um, and I think now we're at the first stage in the, in the Potsdam's tenure where, where, where there's a mass questioning or a, a sort of thirst for information as to exactly, you know, who is doing what, who's responsible for transfers, what's the long-term sort of prognosis, what, what's going to happen, how does it all, all actually work? Because, you know, invariably that's when people start questioning is when things aren't going well. So I think Parallel's chapter will be, will be hugely enlightening as to just... A hearing for the Pottsays, which doesn't doesn't happen very often, and getting a feel for for Narnies, Narnies role and, and the relationship um, that you know all the different pillars have within the uh, of the Watford structure. So that'd be uh, one well worth reading. Because again. We talk. People talk about so we've We haven't really spoken. Well, we have spoken. But I was.
2: What I was going to add on there was. I believe I'm right in saying something. Andrew French tweet media. They say there's a chapter with Andrea Carnaval. I think it's pronounced. Uh, who is in charge of the recruitment at Udinese and has sort of headed up uh, a large chunk of ads as well. Even though uh, Nani is the one, the sort of the headline uh, maker in that respect. And I think that's quite interesting as well because that was something I was completely unaware of. I assumed. It it was Nani and solely Nani. I did not realise that there was some influence from uh, Carnival and the others there. So that'll be interesting to read about that.
0: Uh, the book you can get hold of it at watfordfcbook.com, or you can buy it in person at the Watford Museum, or you can win a
1: com- Win it in a from the weekend competition. Got two to give away. Two lucky readers, don't worry, I
0: won't sign it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, reduce <the> value. Um, <laughs> We have to do is so email us podcast at fromthebookerin dot com. Uh, stick the word book in some way in the uh, the subject matter. All you have to do
1: is tell us the answer to this question. When the final whistle blew at Wembley <laughs> <laughs> um, at the end of last season, up until that point, how many loan players had Watford used in their history? And my answer is final on this, because I did uh, all the research, so uh, I've got a number written down, um, that's what it is, the two closest to that. We'll win the book. Simple as that.
0: Uh, closing will finish on the 20th of December, so make sure you get your emails in by then. And as Mike said, the two closest, yep. if not the two correct answers, um, will be the winners. Podcast at com. Put the word book in the subject.
1: Ciao, sono Gianfranco Zola. And you're listening from the Rookery End.
0: We're coming towards the end of. Uh, 2013 not the end of the season there's still a long way to go as Tom has said Tom we've got games uh, at Leeds uh, at home for Shiffle Wednesday away at Ipswich uh, and then uh, home, ga- uh, home game against Millwall and Boxing Day and we finish the year at home to Queen's Park Rangers easy life yeah so,
2: I think a fairly tough set of fixtures as it goes. Leeds have been on a good uh, run of late, um, uh, albeit they lost a couple, they've not drawn any fairly really, this season, they've won quite a few in the last, about, couple of months after a winless September, I checked this out the other day, so, <laughs> no, they're for shuffle Wednesday, obviously, you'd think easy, but... Uh, sort of struggling down there at the bottom of the table just set Dave Jones, so hopefully they'll be or hopefully not in our case, but hopefully from their point of view new manager bounce and all that Ipswich, always a tough uh, game and Mickey McCarthy good manager Millwall again, right down there, scrapping away, but they've proven on a few occasions they can pull results out of nowhere. Uh, off that horrible start, they picked up a few surprise wins. I think Blackpool, possibly one of the teams they beat, who were flying at that point. Obviously, QPR, I think everything's been said that can be said about QPR. Good manager, great squad, and they've got that quality that we
1: haven't. They can grind out results where it matters. And they've got that quality at the moment. At the moment. Uh, at the moment. Uh, and I'm just looking at those pictures I think I'm wanting three wins out of five. Three out of five? Yeah.
0: OK. I think
1: you know, Burnley was great. It was good to get good to get a result. We, we need, but we need to build on it defensively and we need to start scoring goals. Um, this team can do it. I know they can do it. We all know they can do it. We're just desperate for them to, 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 to actually make it out on the pitch. Three wins, I think. Good, because we are at a crossroads. Um, I'm optimistic in terms of we're just about in touch with the, with the top, just about... Still very much in, in touch with the players, but we need to get a run of form going, and we need it to start now.
0: I want a win at Leeds, a win at home tip for Wednesday, we'll draw against Ipswich, we'll draw against newwall and we'll beat QPR.
1: That'll do for me, mate.
0: Merry Christmas is on our way.
1: I was going to say, do you think this has been the hardest podcast we've had to do?
0: Why? Because of how negative it's been? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, like, under, the first two seasons under... Uh, Malky and Sean and Dyche when we were doing these podcasts there weren't great spells but yes, by far this is probably the worst run we've ever had whilst doing this podcast
2: all comes back to the word expectation doesn't it? The fact that there was no expectations or very limited expectations under Dyche and Mackay and now this is only judged as a bad
1: period because Expectations. Yeah. Stick with it, fellas, we can do it. We're going to be alright, I reckon. We're going to
0: be alright. Christmas is coming. The net will be getting fat. We don't need any pennies. They've got a few, apparently, in the pot says. Yeah. Uh Thanks for listening, Tom. Thanks for getting involved. Been a pleasure. Um, well done again to Jason uh, and his uh, girlfriend Nikki on the arrival of a brand new Hornet. And uh, we will speak to you after the Ipswich away game. Come on, you glorious yellow heroes. Come on.